Here at Michigan Family Wellness, we believe chiropractic care and nutritional-based therapies are a foundational part of a healthy family lifestyle. No matter where you're at in the mitten, having a family is such an exciting time of life. So instead of feeling overwhelmed by stress, fatigue, and responsibilities with the kids, we invite you to become part of this empowering community to create happy, healthy families. By providing engaging interviews and practical applications, Dr. Wallner cultivates family health by equipping our listeners with the tools they need to elevate wellness in their own family. Dr. Wallner passionately serves the Michigan community at his chiropractic and nutrition-based practice, where he specializes in pregnancy, pediatrics, and family wellness care. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kyle Wallner. Good day, families, and welcome home. That's right, my name is Dr. Kyle, and this is the Empowering MFW Family, and we are so glad to be with you today. If you are joining us for the first time, I want to thank you for tuning in. The health of you and your family is your number one priority. It is your greatest asset. The best way to have a healthy family is by living a family wellness lifestyle. So if you're looking for efficient, effective, and sustainable ways to elevate your health and the health of your family, then I strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable because we have an amazing show for you today. Brittany is a certified restorative exercise specialist, which gives her a unique perspective into helping others improve their function and quality of life. Outside of her clinic, she can be found on her farm in Belleville, spending time moving outdoors with her husband and two young sons. All right, families, let's welcome Brittany. All right, well, welcome everyone to the interview portion of today's podcast. Today we have Brittany Dennis with us here from the Advanced Balance Clinic. Brittany, it's so wonderful to have you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Well, as you know, as we always start with every episode, we always like to learn more about what family looks like for you. So I've been married to my husband, John, for nine years. We live on a farm here in southeast Michigan, and we have two boys who are four and two years old. And we also have baby number three due early next spring. Congratulations. I'm so excited for you guys. I just learned this news myself. So very, very happy for you guys just to see the growing family. And I'll mention this at the end as well, but just as an inspiration for a lot of entrepreneur women, you know, you're a mother, you're a wife to a farmer, you've got all these things going on. You're an entrepreneur with your own business. That's really inspiring for a lot of people these days, I think. So all the credit to you there for sure. One other thing we love to ask is because because we are smitten with the mittens. So what do you love about the great state of Michigan? So, you know, it's funny. I actually didn't realize how much I love Michigan until I moved out of state for grad school for a couple years. So I'd grown up in Michigan and yeah, you don't appreciate it until you go somewhere else, but just the whole state is beautiful. There's so much to see and do here and mm -hmm. so much different variety. Um, and you even learn to appreciate Michigan's weather when you leave for a little bit. Surprisingly, we all know that infamous kind of unpredictable Michigan weather, but yeah, it's just beautiful. We have such mild summers here, so it's a great place to be. I agree. I would add to that as well, or just you know acknowledge that in the sense, my gratitude and my appreciation for the diversity of weather really comes into play versus other parts of the nation where you don't have that much diversity, if you will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's a goal of myself and my wife to just really explore and, and mine the entire state for all of its beauty because it does have some rare gems that are just incredibly beautiful. Lake Superior comes to mind. Yeah, you know, I just love going yeah. up north. So, Gorgeous. 
Well, thanks so much, Brittany. As you know, we always like to start out with that, but then I like to get into the meat and potatoes of our conversation for today. And so we've never had a physical therapist on the podcast before. And so that's why I wanted to invite you onto the platform here and just share with our community more about who you are, what is the Advanced Balance Clinic all about, and really educate us more about what is done at a physical therapist appointment or during that treatment program with a physical therapist. And another reason for bringing you on is because you're not in that structured, restricted, if you will, you know, medical model where everything is dictated by a medical doctor and there's not much communication there, which we'll get into that as well. (laughs) But let's just start back at the top before I go off into several tangents. Tell us more about just What is conceptually physical therapy all about? So physical therapy, we kind of consider ourselves movement coaches. So we want to just get people moving better, whatever that looks like for them. So if it's somebody who's been experiencing pain, we want to see if we can maybe resolve that pain through the use of movement, Mm. um, figure out what the root cause of it was and what we need to modify to get them moving better. People who are experiencing balance issues, even just general weakness. So there's a pretty broad range of things that we can tackle through movement. I just so resonate with that. Again, Something I say on the podcast all the time is that we can do far more together than we could ever do apart. And so working with massage therapists, with acupuncturists, with physical therapists, it all comes together. And I really do feel that everybody has a place in terms of helping someone heal and improve and and getting better patient outcomes in that sense as well. You know, one narrative I was thinking of in just preparing for our talk was, let's say you have a friend or a family member who is playing softball or some sport, whatever it might be. Let's just use softball as an example. And they're pitching, you know, they're using their shoulder to really throw a rather large (laughs) round (laughs) object, right? And and they're doing that repetitively and it requires some strength. And then over time, they might incur an injury to their shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then so they go to their medical doctor, they go to their primary care doc, and they tell their doc how they've injured their shoulder and they have pain. And so then their medical doctor will oftentimes maybe give them a prescription for pain medication, Mm -hmm. but then oftentimes as well give them a prescriptive recommendation for seeing a physical therapist. And so that's where I think most people can connect with physical therapy in terms of that medical doctor, physical therapist context or relationship. So talk us through more about that. What are some pros that you see with that model? What are some maybe disadvantages? Mm -hmm. And maybe what are some frustrations that you have as being a doctor of physical therapy in the industry, in the profession? Sure. Yeah, that's a a good conversation to have. So as far as the pros of that, you know, it is great that usually we are thought of in terms of that model. So somebody's physician will usually, you know, get the referral for therapy. Um, The frustration that I have is usually when they write that prescription for therapy, it's kind of based on an outdated model of therapy. So they'll send me a script that will say a frequency of therapy three days a week for four weeks to resolve the shoulder pain. And honestly, unless you're coming out of a surgery, that's not a great model to have. Most people don't need a frequency of three days a week. So whatever's written on that order, I then need to get updated. So yeah, that can be a pretty common frustration there. Would you say that there's much communication between the physical therapist and the prescribing physician, or is there 
not so much communication there? Ideally, there should be. Most of the time, it's just a matter of faxing in our assessment and having them sign it, making sure they're in agreement. But really, one thing I wish is that more physicians were familiar with the therapists that they send their patients to. Usually, somebody's just given a list of local therapy clinics without any regard to what that therapist's experience is, if they even specialize in the problem that the person's being sent to them for. Right, right. Yeah, so I think that just as a whole, medical providers should have a better understanding of what type of therapist they're sending their patients to and actually having a conversation with that therapist about what's going on. And oftentimes, I'll hear someone, perhaps they have insurance that physical therapy is covered by their insurance, and that's the primary motivator, which again, understandably so, but again, if there's a physical therapist out there who really specializes in a particular treatment technique or even a philosophy or an approach or even just a specific joint of the body, you know, mm -hmm. using the shoulder here as an example, perhaps that should be considered by the individual, right. by the person, yeah. rather than, well, I'm just gonna go to any franchise physical therapist that'll take my insurance, Yeah, right? And that's it. it we see that very, very commonly, unfortunately, hmm. so yeah. Hmm. So what I hear you saying is it's not a perfect system. Exactly. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, okay. And so was that part of your motivation then to start the ABC clinic? Yeah, that okay. was a huge part of it. Um, trying to step out of a therapy model that I just wasn't sure was working for my patients. So that way I could kind of create that environment for them. Making sure that patients are getting a full one-to-one -one hour with their therapist is so important. And that doesn't tend to happen um, in a lot of mainstream therapy. Tell us more about that. So a lot of times when you have, we'll say, you know, a big clinic uh, there are fantastic therapists that work in big clinic systems, don't get me wrong, but a lot of times these bigger clinics have a lot of overhead to maintain, so they schedule mm -hmm. usually a, about three patients an hour with the same therapist. So when I worked in a clinic like that, there were days that I was trying to manage three people at the same time, and you can't give any one of them the proper attention that they need when you're seeing three people at once. And you know, that kind of views rehab only from the technical aspect. Like you're seeing somebody with a shoulder injury, okay, let's bring them in, take them through their exercise and send them on their way. A lot of times what you find is that somebody who's either dealing with an injury or a chronic condition, there's a lot more than just that injury going on. And you're not gonna get that story from them unless you give them that undivided attention for at least an hour and just let them talk. Hey guys, just wanted to take a moment and remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Michigan Family Wellness Clinic. We believe in healthy, vibrant families who can adapt to the stress in their life. In order to build a healthy family, we start by caring for one person at a time. If this message resonates with you, then I invite you to schedule an online appointment at michiganfamilywellness.com. Hey, and if you're enjoying today's episode, go ahead and share this podcast with someone else who can benefit from today's empowering conversation. All right, guys, let's get back to today's episode. I so resonate with this just being a private practice chiropractor because in a very similar way, the high volume chiropractic offices where they just get you in, crack your back, get you out, exactly what you said, you don't have the ability or the, the luxury to hear about what's going on in their life. Mm -hmm. And that makes you, as a clinician, you miss things. Mm -hmm. So you, you don't get the whole story. And I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me where I'm not even trying to really like draw anything out 
yeah. from someone because it's usually just a matter of, hey, how's it going? And then someone just tells you everything yeah. that's going on, which, again, sometimes is a little bit just more venting, right? <laughs> you know, mental health. But then sometimes you get these clinical gems and pearls about how maybe just for example, they're, how they're walking up and down their stairs or how they're getting up off from their bed, yeah. you know, how they're picking up their child or their grandchild. And you would not get that if it was just, hey, how's it going? Lay it on, on the table or let's do your exercises and I'll come back and, and see you here in like 10 minutes or something, right? Right. So yeah. I, I completely agree that taking the time to get to know people and to get to know a little bit more about what's going on in their life, in their context is imperative in, in terms of improving patient outcomes for quality care and just for really being a good clinician, honestly. Mm -hmm. What would you say are the most common types of cases. Obviously, we're really kind of looking more into the musculoskeletal mm -hmm. umbrella here, if you will. So mm -hmm. are we seeing a lot of plantar fasciitis, uh, shoulder cases, rotator cuff injuries, or what does that look like? Yeah, it usually looks like multiple things. And the really interesting part of therapy is usually it's not a specific problem that brought somebody in. It was some kind of loss of quality of life. Interesting. So somebody will go around mm -hmm. with back pain for years until finally that back pain is limiting their ability to care for their grandchildren or right. do their job or help their parents. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's become an issue and they need to get it addressed. So most people don't come into therapy until something mm -hmm. is limiting them. When you do let somebody talk, you know, at first, maybe it is just a conversation about back pain. You come to find out there's a lot more going on than just that back pain. So, oh, by the way, I've had this shoulder injury for seven years. It'd be nice to get my shoulder working better. I also have had this issue with my foot that I broke seven years ago and right. never kind of properly let heal. So, right. yeah, it's usually more than one problem. <laughs> I see this all the time, especially with regards to back pain and, and headaches. It's usually the problem of the problem is oftentimes the language I, I hear it described in, where it's perhaps not so much the pain itself or the chief complaint, if you will, but it's the, the problem as a result of the chief complaint, yeah, right? Yep. So very insightful. And I'm, I'm really glad that you're uh, articulating this for our listeners here because I just think it's so important. Now, again, I know every person is different. But again, just kind of going back to someone's coming to you, they, they have this problem of the problem, right? Mm -hmm. What would you say is a typical length of time or, or perhaps number of visits that mm -hmm. is really required to like get some traction, right? Yeah, a lot of it depends on the person and what right. kind of time they're willing to invest, mm -hmm. you know, outside of therapy. But in most cases, I would say within two weeks, we're seeing some kind of improvement, which is really great. So usually that's only by the time they're coming for their second or third visit, mm -hmm. they're saying, oh, you know, I tried these things. I'm already getting up and out of a chair better. I'm already feeling more confident about my balance. I'm mm -hmm. noticing day-to-day -day changes. Awesome. And so part of your treatment uh, incorporates that time there at your clinic, which is incredible, by the way. We should talk more about that later. But then I assume you're also recommending they do homework. They do exercises. They do their home care. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, so I do give people things to work on at home. But the way I approach it, because for a lot of people, the thought of 
if I say, here's your exercise program, take mm-hmm. 30 minutes a day and do it, that's a really big barrier. That's a big time commitment that I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. So that's usually the most common complaint I hear is, hey, I didn't have time to do these exercises. Sure. So instead, I say, how do we take your day the way it already is and modify it? Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting at a desk for a prolonged amount of time, is there a way we can change your positioning that's going to facilitate reaching your goals? Wonderful. Awesome. And I think I heard you saying earlier in our pre-chat, you have actually videos or you have platforms and things where you can send to people and they can look at these things at home and kind of use that as a resource as they're doing their home care? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I have an online mobility program that kind of walks people through depending on what they're looking for that day. It's a library Mm -hmm. of videos so they can have like a guided program to go off of and get some more variety. Awesome. Again, I really think this is just so great because I'm usually working with people, just kind of seeing them in the office, performing their adjustments. And then the whole philosophy of chiropractic is, okay, now go forth and subluxate no more, right? So like just kind of hold those adjustments and and live your life. We are taught fair amount of exercises and that sort of thing, but I would by no means call myself a rehabilitation anywhere on par with what you're doing. And so that's why I like having people to refer to is because you can really help someone with their central nervous system and that brain body connection through mm-hmm. the chiropractic adjustment. And then I love turning people over to, okay, now that you have this clarity of, of your nervous system, now go do these great exercises, work with these great therapists, because now uh, I feel like they're just better equipped to do that. That's my own personal philosophy, if you will. Yeah. Let's go ahead and just talk more about that actually. So with regards to the central nervous system. So this is my favorite system of the body. Let's talk more about how balance works, right? Because your practice is the advanced balance clinic. So if I'm someone, I'm trying to improve my balance or Mm -hmm. my, to use some shop talk here for people, proprioception. So that, Mm -hmm. that sense of where we are in space. Tell us more about your philosophy on balance, what is balance, and how can we improve our balance? Yeah, How much time do we have, right? (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's a big topic. So balance is very complicated, and it does involve several systems in the body. So like you mentioned, our proprioception and our sensory systems, so our eyes, our inner ear, and all of those little receptors we have in our skin that tell our brain where we're at in space, are taking in all of this information and using the central nervous system to communicate that to the brain. So the brain is having to take in all of this information and Mm -hmm. then tell our musculoskeletal system how to keep us upright and moving throughout the world. Exactly. So usually when I'm seeing a balance issue, it's not, we have this integration of all these different systems. So we need to look at all those different systems. Are somebody's sensory systems working as they should? Is it a muscle weakness issue? Is it a proprioceptive issue? Usually it's multifactorial. Right. And any one of those systems kind of declining is going to have an effect on all of them. And all of that information is integrated in the central nervous system to the point that balance can actually be a red flag for a future risk of dementia or some kind of decline in brain health. So we can even use balance to kind of tap into the central nervous system to stimulate some brain activity, which is really You hear about this all the time. Grandma falls over and she breaks her hip and then that leads to several other complications down the road. 
So yeah, to your point, balance is incredibly important, uh, not only for musculoskeletal health, but as you mentioned as well, for cognitive health. Mm -hmm. This can be a really important component in preventing early onset neurodegenerative decline. Mm -hmm. So it, it sounds like what I hear you saying, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like as you're working with a person here, as, as you're building part of their care plan, their exercises, you're really keeping in, in the back of your mind, like, okay, neurologically, how can we improve this person's central nervous system, the way that their muscles can fire and help them balance better so that they have good muscle tone, they have good balance between mm -hmm. their those muscle spindle fibers, those Golgi tendon organs, all of those little neurologic pieces of that muscular a system there are all working in concert together to help us interface with gravity, right? Because that's yeah. what that's what <laughs> movement's all about, right? Yep. Is interfacing <laughs> with gravity. So fantastic stuff. So you mentioned there, you talked about the eyes, you talked about the ears. One of the things that really stands out to me is, or what we were taught, is the dorsal columns of the spine. So that's classically, as I think of it, like the three main parts mm -hmm. of the body that have just this rich density of those sensors to help us know where we're at. So for that sense of proprioception, right? Mm -hmm. So I love the way you mentioned that. So for our listeners, the eyes, the ears, and then basically your spine. Uh, yeah. So the dorsal columns are part of the spine there that neurologically can help tell us where we're at in space. This podcast is brought to you by Michigan Family Wellness, where we believe in helping families live thriving, vibrant lives. With the right guidance, your body has the ability to respond and adapt to the challenges in your life so that you can be healthy. At Michigan Family Wellness, we build resiliency solutions through our proven framework and empower you to become the best version of yourself. Contact us at 734-335-0533 with any questions or go online and schedule an appointment at michiganfamilywellness.com and start your path towards better health today. Is there anything else that comes to mind? I'm being somewhat leading in the question because I want to talk about the feet. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but so I know that we are both huge fans of the feet. Can you tell us more about how the feet can play into our sense of proprioception? Sure. So, you know, when you break down movement, the feet are the foundation of all of our movements. So obviously you're standing on your feet. Yes. You wouldn't want your house standing on a foundation that's not solid. So that's the way we look at the feet. But we also have, you know, just thousands of nerve endings in the feet. So the feet can be a really great way to both stimulate proprioception and also get the nervous system fired up a little bit too. So the feet are a very sensory organ and they tell us a lot about the environment that we're in. Like you said as well, our feet are interfacing with the ground. The way that we interface with our environment, if you will, is through our feet. Or again, this is a whole nother podcast on its own as well. If we're wearing shoes that don't allow for that neurologic connection, or mm -hmm. if we're not grounding ourselves on a regular basis or semi-regular basis, then we're really not interfacing well with our world, and therefore we're not receiving enough sensory information uh, from our feet. And so, again, this is this is an entire podcast on its own, and we get a little bit into this with our reflexologist, uh, Christy, yeah. which we talked about on our last episode. So mm -hmm. if you guys haven't checked that out, Shout out to Christy there. Please go check out our most previous episode with our reflexologist, Christy. Lots of good stuff there. But I know there's lots of things that you tell people to do for their feet and to improve their foot ground connection. Can you talk us through maybe a little bit, some practical things that people can do to really 
help improve the functioning of their feet and their mm -hmm. foot ground connection. Yeah, so yeah, foot mobility is the place that we start, especially with balance conditions, but even uh, so many, even low back pain, it can really make a difference to Absolutely. work on foot mobility yeah. for that, yeah. So I usually, and I know you're a proponent of this too, will have people roll their foot out with a ball. Yes. Yeah, each and every day, and especially, not only does that get the little joints of the foot moving, so about 25% of our muscles and bones are found below the ankle. So if you think about the potential for mobility below the ankle, we've mm -hmm. just got an infinite number of joint positions there. And when we're in a shoe all day, not only is that inhibiting the sensory system from sensing the environment, but you're kind of like casting your foot. So you're not right. letting those joints move. So mm -hmm. we'd like to get all those little joints moving again and kind of stimulate those nerve endings with a ball mm -hmm. and a lot of calf stretching. Um, calf stretching, yeah. Yeah, so I tell people even just doing those two things, you're gonna notice a pretty drastic difference even if you do nothing else with your balance. I'm a huge fan of your calf stretching video, so perhaps we could link that in the show notes here for this episode. As I'm sure you know as well, the posterior chain or the posterior fascial uh, train, if you're familiar with the anatomy trains, things like that, you know, and that really connects everything back to low back pain. Even with people who that I see here at the office, they have low back pain, I'll do the adjustments for their back and help their spine feel better and, and restore that motion in their facet joints. but I'm also telling them, hey, how are the feet doing? In fact, I love telling people this, and let me know your thoughts on this as well. Right after you shower, like after a hot shower or a hot bath, in my opinion, is a wonderful time to roll your feet or to do these calf stretches. I find that that's when the, the tissues are nice and warm and they're just more gooey, right? Yeah, yeah. They're not as stiff and tight and cold that can sometimes lead people to frustration when they're like, oh, well, my doc or my physical therapist wants me to roll my feet, but every time I do it, it hurts, or I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm getting nowhere with it, right? I like to tell people to do that uh, really after like a warm bath or a hot shower is to, you know, so I keep my therapy balls actually in my bathroom. Yeah, no, <laughs> to I remind the same. Me, yeah. yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. Just to remind <laughs> me so I have them there, you know, to do it uh, right then and there. So, but yeah, that calf stretch, you know, that posterior chain. For our listeners who may not be familiar with the anatomy trains, there is a connective tissue called the fascial system that is just continuous throughout our entire body. And that's why we talk about how literally everything is connected. Mm -hmm. And so when Brittany talks about restoring movement and being able to restore proper range of motion, we're tapping into that fascial system. And so that's why particularly the one that comes to mind is the entire line that goes from the bottom of your feet all the way up to the top of your head. So all along the back of your leg, up through your spine, and then it inserts on the top of your head there. And that's just a major, major system to work with, especially with how we're sitting all day long, yeah. how we're flexing forward, having to pick things up, and even just with our exercise and training, a lot of those involve flexion of the hip, flexion of the spine. So awesome stuff. So Brittany, what are three simple things that listeners can do to significantly improve their balance. I know we've talked about a little bit already, yep. but let's add to that. Let's give our listeners a nice package to take home and start implementing today. Sure, um, so yeah, I would say definitely the foot mobility pieces that we just talked about. The second part of that is taking a look at footwear because if you yes. are doing all this foot mobility work and then putting on a stiletto heel or a very stiff dress shoe, you're kind of negating all of that effort you just did. So we want our footwear to be as close to barefoot as possible. 
And for some people, that's going to be a transition phase. So if you're used to wearing a relatively structured or rigid shoe, you've got to take some time to work on that foot mobility before you go full minimal shoe. So yeah, footwear would definitely be a very important piece of that puzzle. And I would say the third thing is one of the biggest issues with balance is not getting out of our comfort zone enough. So okay. humans are creatures of habit. We tend to go throughout our day doing the same movements, the same patterns. We walk the same routes, but that's exactly when our balance starts to decline because we're not stimulating ourselves. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I tell people it, it can be a game. It can be fun. So if you notice when you're walking day to day how much you purposely avoid obstacles and will veer around them, instead intentionally go for the obstacles and challenge yourself a little bit. Does this come from, so I've heard this context in the sense of how we're supposed to eat the rainbow, right? We're supposed <laughs> to have a diversity of foods that we eat as opposed to eating the same things over and over again. So what I hear you saying is we need a diversity of movement patterns. Is that exactly? So we call them like movement vitamins or different movement texture. Love it. Love so, it. you know, your corrective exercises are your building blocks for bigger movement. So if you think of your corrective exercise as your supplements, but of course, none of us can survive on supplements, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to integrate that into, yeah, having a different variety of balance activities that we're doing. So even something as simple as walking on the grass instead of the concrete, that right. can give you a different texture for the day. So Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. And then, of course, I really am just so passionate about the adjustment itself. And mm -hmm. so I highly advocate to people improving your balance, follow everything that Brittany just said there and articulated. But then also along with that, the way that gravity can pull on the vertebra and that can influence your proprioceptors there in your spine, in your dorsal column. So adjustments alone are just so, uh, makes such a significant difference for your balance there as well. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about what makes the Advanced Balance Clinic different. Yeah, so a couple things. As we talked about earlier, giving people that full one-to-one -one hour mm -hmm. session. So mm -hmm. I don't ever schedule two people at the same time. I make sure that people have my undivided attention for the full time that they're there. And number two is that we are actually based out of a house. That's right. So, yep. Makes our practice a little bit different. It feels less clinical. It's a little more soothing and comforting for people and also a very functional environment to be in. We just hosted the Wellness Coalition there that is just a monthly networking group that we do with health and wellness professionals. And we had a great time at your office there. Again, I really think it caters towards or is tailored towards the activities of daily living. So mm -hmm. you're in the home there, you can do different things in the context of a kitchen or a bedroom or even just a living room there. You have the Tell us more about the different chairs that you have and, and the couches. Oh yeah, sure. So we have different seating options when you first walk into the clinic and a lot of times based on what chair somebody picks, I can tell a lot about their mobility right out of the gate. So if they're picking kind of one of the more solid structured seats, then I know maybe not feeling so confident about the ability to get out of a chair. If they go for the fluffy, squishy couch, then I know, okay, they're probably feeling a little bit stronger and right. yeah. <laughs> awesome, so there's some like psychological uh, insights there yeah. to what, what choices people make just by saying to them like, hey, just have a seat, if you will, right? Yeah. Interesting, yep. interesting. And tell us more about what sparked your interest in physical therapy and have you always worked in the industry in the space? Yeah, so I have always worked mm -hmm. as a, a therapist. 
I first got interested in therapy actually in seventh grade. We had, you know, different career speakers come in to talk and we had mm -hmm. a physical therapist that came in and I thought, wow, this sounds really interesting. So I kind of kept it in the back of my mind. I knew ultimately I wanted to do something medical and I have a little bit of a different route because most people end up being a physical therapist because they had physical therapy. I never did. Interesting. Yeah. So I observed at a lot of clinics while I was an undergrad and I was pretty dead set on doing therapy. I just didn't know what subset of therapy I wanted to do. And it was actually my grandparents that inspired me to work with older adults. So I was fortunate enough to have all four of my grandparents well into my adulthood. And I was pretty close to all of them. And I got to be pretty involved in their end of life care, which That's is right. of course difficult, but mm -hmm. it was a really special time. And the one thing I learned from each of them is that none of them let their lives be defined by their medical conditions and they still continued to learn new things and kind of each brought a growth mindset to aging in their own way hmm. and that's what i wanted to be able to bring to other people absolutely yeah i don't see you being one of those people who just kind of retires and has nothing to do for the next 20 30 years of their <laughs> <No>. <laughs> life so wow that's very interesting yeah and i think as well you're an inspiration in the sense well in several ways like we already mentioned but so for physical therapists who might feel restricted kind of by like that model that we were talking about mm -hmm. just with like allopathic medicine and just that doctor physical therapist relationship you know you've really kind of branched out and done your own thing mm -hmm. so tell us more where is the advanced balance clinic located we're in Dearborn. So you're down there in Dearborn. That's fantastic, Brittany. I really encourage people to check you guys out online. Like you said, you have your online mobility program. That mm -hmm. So can anyone sign up for that or is that for patients only? Nope, nope. Anyone can sign okay. up for that. Yep. Where can listeners go to learn more about yourself and the Advanced Balance Clinic? Yeah, the best place would be over at our website, which is advancedbalance.org. And there you can sign up for our emails. We have a free class available on balance and brain health for anybody who goes there and a lot of other great resources. And you guys are on, I believe, Instagram. Is that right? Yep. Yep. We're on Instagram at Mindful Movement ABC. Well, thanks so much, Brittany. It has been an honor talking with you this morning. And like I said earlier, you're just such an inspiration for entrepreneurs, for women, for physical therapists, all alike. I just thank you so much for coming on the platform today. And I look forward to working with you professionally and just helping people experience better health through physical therapy and chiropractic care. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. All right, families, what'd you think? We'd love to get your feedback. If you would like to email me about anything you've heard on this or any previous edition of the Family Wellness Lifestyle Podcast, you may do so by writing Dr. Kyle at michiganfamilywellness.com and take full advantage of the Family Lifestyle Audio Library at michiganfamilywellness.com. Connect with us on social media at Michigan Family Wellness. Thanks so much for tuning in, families. Have an awesome week. And remember, we can do far more together than we could ever do apart. Now that you've been equipped with the latest in family wellness solutions, we want to encourage you to apply these strategies right away. But the thing is, there's still so much to learn. Connect with Dr. Walner's chiropractic and nutrition office by going to michiganfamilywellness.com and click the newsletter sign up button to join the informative and supportive community of chiropractic wellness. You will also receive as a gift from Dr. Walner a copy of Michigan Family Wellness Solutions an invaluable resource containing dynamic tools to elevate family health and vitality. 
Michigan Family Wellness wants to thank you for being part of today's podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. 